What is up, members of the Izone? And oh my goodness, it feels so, so good to be back. Impact Izone Season 7, Episode 1. There is a new season on the horizon for Michigan State basketball. And you already know, we're right back at it with Impact Izone. We got some fresh faces this time, though. I'm Julian Mitchell, host as always back from last year, but Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin joining me for this edition of Impact Is Own. They'll be here for the entirety of the season joining me on this wonderful podcast. How are you both doing? Trent, we'll start with you. Excellent. Doing great. Feeling great. Very, very excited to go to New York tomorrow. Very hyper in a good mood. Uh, busy Monday, but I'm, 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 I'm making it. I'm all right. You've been jacked Glad up to be here with you here. guys. Yes, I have been. I have been. <laughs> good mood. Natalie, how are you? I'm good. Um, it was a long weekend, Halloween last Thursday, but I'm feeling good, ready for the game tomorrow. Should be exciting right off the bat. There we go. Yes, it should. And is this your first podcast? Or this just is. First? Wow. My first podcast. I know. She's Look a natural. That. I'm the newbie. Newbie on go here, but she's going to do well. Me. She's going to do well. Don't <laughs> worry about it. You'll do great. You'll do great. But as we said, new season on the way for Michigan State basketball. Going to kick off tomorrow against Kentucky in the Champions Classic game in New York City. Game tips off at 9.30. Joe Dandron and I will be on the call. Trent will be there with us doing your written content and some video work post game, of course. Uh, but before getting into Tuesday's matchup in the Champions Classic, Michigan State did play an exhibition game, a 85-50 win over Albion. And before we go into the game and what we thought from it, I do just want to hit on the fact that this was a big game for the family affair that it was. Uh, Cassius Winston, star point guard for Michigan State, gets to play against his two younger brothers in uh, Kai and Zach. Zach is the younger brother's name. Kai and Zach. Zach didn't suit up in the game for Albion with a hamstring injury, but Kai did. Uh, but all in all, a family affair for Winston and his family, and then also for Izzo, because Stephen Izzo is suiting up for Michigan State this year. And I just thought it was a really cool atmosphere to be a part of, and I know both of you were there taking in the action. And so what was that all like, sitting there and seeing this big family love from everybody? Yeah, up in the press box, I have never heard the crowd get so loud. <laughs> and I could overhear the people next to me saying, I hope Izzo goes in, this is his chance. You know, being the exhibition game, this is probably the only time we'll see him play this season. But everyone was hoping for it. And as soon as he went on the floor, the whole crowd and student section just erupted. It was so crazy just to see, you know, Izzo's reaction when Steven got um, the basket and just you could see the tears in his eyes and pictures afterwards but it was just it was crazy like you could just feel how proud Izzo was of him and you could see it in his eyes and um, just how ex- exciting it was for everyone there. Yeah it's a really cool moment especially because you know you hear Coach Izzo talking before the season about I don't want to hear any criticism about me giving my son you know a spot on the team I've sacrificed more over the over his lifetime, you know, I've missed basketball games of his. I've missed a lot. I've been gone. So it was really cool. He was like, the least I can do is put him on the team. And he's, you know, obviously he's having a good time and he's committed to it. So it was really cool to see Steven get rewarded so early on. Yeah, and I think that's one thing, you know, looking back at seasons past, you like about what Michigan State does. They set up a lot of these exhibitions so, you know, Izzo can play his alma mater or play, uh, you know, a former team that he came from as well. And so it was great just to see the family affair there for Michigan State and have this exhibition I thought was uh, was really cool. Uh, So moving on from that, we'll go in and dissect the game as much as you can from an exhibition. Uh, But an 85-50 win over Albion, I'll just start first and throw it back to you guys. But for me... 
this game was just eh. It was meh. 85-50 over Albion felt like a lot more could have been done. Um, a bigger statement for a team that comes into the season as the preseason number one team. They got the biggest target on their back, returning Cassius Winston and uh, Xavier Tillman to a, a pretty loaded freshman class, along with a bunch of freshmen who are now sophomores this year. Uh, just thought a statement could have been made. A bigger statement could have been made out of there. But obviously, Izzo working a lot with rotations and who he's going to play with because a lot of different things have shaken that up and so for you all taking all that in what'd you see from the rotations and who at this point looking at it do you think Izzo is most confident in and you are as being someone who's gonna be a big guy in this rotation yeah so like you said it's it's mostly in an exhibition game like this uh it's it's more about just getting getting as many guys on the floor as you can and we saw that you know time Izzo played 14 guys and at least 12 guys got at least five minutes that's a lot of time uh, especially last year when you see guys like Thomas Kithier and Foster Lawyer not even playing in some games, and then in some games again for eight or nine minutes. So it's just going to be a lot about rotations and matchups, uh, I think, this season. But um, I do think what I, I think the team is going to be pretty deep this year because you've got obviously your returning leader, um, and then you've got you can't forget about guys like Thomas Kithier, Gabe Brown, who seem to make a step. Um, so I think those would be two guys that you look out, look for a breakout season this year to really contribute a lot. But there's also freshman Rocket Watts, Malik Hall, Julius Marble might get some minutes to scrap around and play some defense and rebound, get out and run. Um, and you can't forget about Foster Lawyer, Marcus Bingham with power forward opening up. We're going to talk about that later. But there's dogs all up and down the bench this year for Time Mezzo, even with Joey Hauser and Josh Langford not available, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and you could tell there was a lot of preseason jitters. I mean, Cassius Winston only had 16 points. Um, within the first few minutes of the game, Aaron Henry had three turnovers. Uh, Marcus Bingham struggled with fouls. You know, it was evident that there was a lot of um, different rotations and things going on and players just, you know, having it be the first game of the season. Um, you could tell players weren't 100% comfortable until sort of the second half. But Izzo said um, after the game, you know, they're trying to play 11, 12 guys just to get them some minutes, but they're also trying to see who fits in where, um, especially at the four spot. And, you know, he also mentioned that um, he's not sure what's going to happen with Kyle Arns, but, you know, they're just trying to dig down. And it was one of those nights where everyone got to do something. That's what he said. So um, we saw a lot of different rotations, like Trent said, but, um, you know, I guess we'll kind of see what happens tomorrow and where that official five spot will kind of be. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things uh, looking at this Michigan State season is for a team that is the number one and one of the more more definite and better teams, I think, in college basketball in the nation, they still have a lot of question marks. And part of that is due to Joey Hauser and whether you know he will be cleared to play or not, looking like he probably won't be as uh, tip-off nears for tomorrow's game. And then also with the injury to Josh Langford, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but also just question marks in terms of players' growth. You think you look at an Aaron Henry and a Gabe Brown and you say, I expect them to be better. They should be expected to take on a bigger role, but that could not necessarily be true down the line. You don't know what they're going to turn out to be. And so I think the only definites you have are Winston and Tillman. And one of the biggest questions is who will play the power forward spot alongside Xavier Tillman. And to harp on it really quickly, Michigan State did play a secret scrimmage against Gonzaga where they lost 103-87. to And in that game, Marcus Bingham Jr. gets the start. In this one, Thomas Kithier gets the start. And it's looking like Kithier is going to be that guy to play the four spot. Uh, played decently well, 19 minutes, 7 points, and 11 rebounds to me. 
the 11 rebounds are what sticks out. Uh, one thing that Kenny Goins, I think, was very underrated for is was his rebounding ability. And Xavier Tillman, he's a great rebounder, and he reads the glass well, but Kenny Goins just knew his role and knew that it was to sit there, grab boards, take shots when necessary. And I think that's what Izzo likes Kithier to do, to just play alongside Tillman and know his role. So I'm curious to see what you all see there, and do you even think that potentially down the line we're going to see some small ball from Izzo and maybe even inserting a Gabe Brown or Kyle Lawrence at that four slot? Yeah, just from a fundamental standpoint, starting Kithier at the four really does make sense because, like you said, Julian, he is a great rebounder, uh, 11 in the scrimmage against Albion in only 19 minutes. What that's going to allow Xavier Tillman to do is focus more and exert more of his energy on the offense event, especially now with Josh Langford going down and Hauser not being available. Uh, there are some question marks there on offense and the three-point line moving back, you know, sh- struggles shooting early on. And I think that's going to be a nationwide problem more than just a Michigan State problem this season. But it's going to be harder to score. That's just the fact of the matter. You're also losing Nick Ward this year, uh, Matt McQuaid, and Kenny Goins, as you said. So I think having Kithier there to sort of help take the rebounding load off of Tillman is really going to help Tillman score the ball a little bit more. And um, you mentioned Gabe Brown. He's a guy who I think we may see start a few games if Izzo decides to go small just because he does bring a good shooting ability and he has gotten bigger since last season. So that's something that I would look at going forward. Yeah, it's a big possibility. And Natalie, I think one of the other things that does need to be talked about, I think Izzo has talked about it a lot leading into the season, are the fact that he has two freshmen that he think could actually play a lot at that four spot spot in uh, Malik Hall and Julius Marble. Hall played 14 minutes in the exhibition game. What do you see from him and what do you think Izzo kind of likes about those to and you see them getting more minutes down the line yeah I mean when Julius went out there you could see um, you know he's got a good athletic frame he's aggressive Um, you could tell he was nervous you know being a freshman and um, he did get injured for a second so he went out but then he came back in later so I don't know I think it's kind of hard to tell right now how he's going to be Rakic had the most playing time obviously um, and Malik um, did well too but I think right now it's a little hard to tell how Julius is going to be um, but you know, he, he moves well. And, um, I think as you know, after, um, tomorrow's game, we can kind of get a feel on how he's going to play this season. Yeah, you hit on it. Uh, the fact that these two guys, they both have very big frames, very good defensively. They have the bodies right now to play. The question is whether mentally they're going to be ready to go. And I think you hit it best. Malik Hall, Julius Marble, they both still play very much like freshmen in the bodies they do have. So like I said, very interesting to see down the line. And Natalie, thank you for the transition, but you lead me right into the biggest question of Rocket Watts. Um, obviously, the big recruit coming in from Spire Academy in Ohio played uh, next to LaMelo Ball uh, for a year over there at Spire. Probably the one that brings the most name recognition and electricity to the Breslin Center as a freshman. He starts, obviously, obviously with Joshua Langford out. He's going to get the nod at the two-guard spot. And Izzo has been very excited about what he can do, uh, particularly defensively. He compares him a lot to Keith Appling in uh, another strong Detroit native guard who is just ready to get up inside your jersey. He plays tough, plays with aggression. But I think for me, you watch this game and you look at the stat line, 0 for 5 from 3, uh, his shooting woes, 2 for 7 from the field overall. That will probably, will probably be an area where he needs to grow in. I'm curious to see what you all thought from him. And Natalie, I'll start with you. From what you saw from Wackett Watts in his uh, unofficial, obviously, exhibition debut at the Breslin Center. 
Yeah, um, Rocket Watts, you could definitely see he was out there immediately. Um, you could definitely see he has a lot of potential. I, I was impressed. Um, he put up four points, five rebounds, and four assists. I could kind of tell he was starting to make a name for himself um, with his tenacity on the court, and you could just tell that you know he's ready to be on this team as a freshman compared to Malik Hall and Julius Marble as of right now, what you mentioned earlier. Um, but I think you know he's he's the guy that, MSU needs this year. He's an explosive guard who can um, create for himself. And, um, you know, with Joshua Langford out, he's, you know, going to be someone that we depend on to fill that role. Yeah, I think I think Rocket steps up this year. I do. Uh, he's a different player than Josh Langford, Matt McQuaid, the players that you're losing, at least for, for now. But um, he's he's not as tall, not as long as those guys, but he's a good shooter. Uh, he can create for himself. He's a Westbrook-esque type guy in the open court, can dish the ball out, like you said, Natalie, four assists. He also knows how to play defense, uh, didn't record a foul in the exhibition against um, – Albion, I believe he played 21 minutes. Yes, 21 minutes. So that to me is something that's a plus. That's you know, that's a good thing to look at. Um, I believe uh, Rocket's going to be starting tomorrow against Kentucky. So that's something to look at for sure. One thing that I would just like to see him do a little bit more of, if we can be critical, is to just get to the free throw line. Didn't shoot any free throws in the exhibition against Albion, and he is athletic enough. He is strong enough to take those hits. I think that's more of an adjustment thing rather than a confidence thing. He's just got to get his confidence up a little bit. But um, I definitely think Rocket Watts steps up this year. We'll see what happens. Rocket Watts will be tested in the first game of the season against Kentucky. Once again, tip-off set for 9.30. It'll be live on Impact 88.9 FM. Joe Dandron and I on the call. But great recap of the exhibition. Overall, I think it's hard to take things from an exhibition game, but you look at kind of what's there, and I think you you still have some questions for Michigan State. I think a lot of those will get answered or seen again in this game coming up against Kentucky. Uh, before we move on to our big segment, which is making predictions and giving out our impact is on award, awards per usual. We do have to hit on the fact uh, of Joshua Langford and his injury, a re-injury, re-aggravation to the foot injury he suffered uh, a season ago that required him to miss pretty much all of last season. Reaggravates it. He will be reevaluated in January. Um, kind of looking like he's obviously he's not going to play until January, but I don't know if signs necessarily point to everything being well and ready to go by that time. But obviously Michigan State, we'll see and reevaluate from there. Um, but up until then, I, I want to ask you guys, and I think it's hard to really say how big of a hit this was. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be big last season, and it took Michigan State a while to get ready. But it allowed them to be a little bit better of a team, I think, and allow them to explore different options and obviously give Cashes the brunt of the load. And this year, as Trent, you said, they have a lot more depth and they bring a lot more guys that can shuffle in there and fill in that role. Uh, so looking at this, I think for me, this is a huge emotional hit uh, for this team. I think you go into this season after losing Langford for all of last year and you come back and you say, all right, we got Josh back. This is going to be good. But he reaggravates the foot injury again. And now the big question is whether he's going to redshirt or not and if he'll come back. And I think it just hurts emotionally to see this. I definitely do on the court think that it now kind of forces you to put in a Rocket Watts and see what he looks like. But I think Michigan State is more prepared than a season ago for this loss. Yeah, if you're looking at the wings the Spartans do have, it is Rocket Watts, it is Gabe Brown, and it is Aaron Henry. You look at all three of those guys to really step up and take a step forward because the Spartans are going to need it, quite frankly. Um, I was able to speak with Josh Langford uh, just the day that his injury was announced. Uh, he's very faithful, very he's keeping his head high about it. Um, and I, I, the feeling that I have at this point is I think if the Spartans are you know hanging around and they're looking like a pretty solid team by January and he's ready to go, I think he will play this year. Um, 
But who knows? There is still always the possibility that he'll redshirt and maybe the probability that he will redshirt. But um, definitely Aaron Henry in particular. He's a guy, you know, we'll talk about this later, but he's a guy who might be leaving for the NBA after this season. He's got the upside, and that's what they draft on these days is potential. So he's a guy who definitely could step up for Thomas O this year and uh, Gabe Brown as well and Rocket Watts like we just talked about. It's more about the wing depth, I think, than necessarily having one player step up and fill the Josh Langford role. Right. Same uh, along the lines of what you said, Trent. I I spoke with Josh Langford on Basketball Media Day, and I, I spoke to him about his strong faith because at the time, um, you know, he thought he was going to be playing this season. That was right before he re-aggravated the injury. And he told me, you know, his faith is what keeps him going. And, um, you know, it, last season he only got to play, I believe it was 13 games before yep, 13 he games was injured. In December. Right. Yep. So, he, you know, this whole year he's been trying to, you know, get his foot better. And, um, again, he's just relied on his faith and he thinks everything kind of happens for a reason. So as sad as it is, I agree that, you know, this is more of a chance for Izzo to kind of play with the lineups, you know, not having him in mind. And I think he was already doing that before – his injury officially came to be and um, it was officially announced that he re-aggravated it. But I think, um, you know, just what you guys are saying, I think even without Langford, this will be a chance for younger guys to step up like Rocket, Aaron, um, and Gabe Brown. Brown. Yep. Yeah, Watts has the chance, and he has the chance to to be a guy in his freshman year. And I think, Trent, we talked about this a little bit on the, the Big Sunday show, the Green and White Report, and I think you kind of said it a little bit with you don't know if you have Watts starting or not. And so I want to ask you, especially if you get down the line, this, I think this Kentucky game is going to be a big barometer for where Watts is going to go and how long his growth is going to take. But where do you go if not Rocket for you? Who would take that place? Who, uh, do you have Cassius playing more minutes? Is Arn starting? Where do you go if Rocket is not the guy? I would go Kyle Ahrens simply because he's he's going to be your, one of your leaders this season. The problem is uh, there's always the question mark surrounding his health. Unfortunate as it is, he struggles to stay healthy. Um, not his fault, obviously, but he's definitely he's a guy who's he's all in. You know, he's all in. He's committed to this team. He's been on the squad for years now, and he he knows what it's like to play in big games and to fire the guys up. So I would look at Kyle Ahrens. I definitely would not want to boost Cassius Winston's minutes because we saw last year against Texas Tech he played the entirety of the game and didn't have a whole lot in the tank down down the stretch. You can't blame him for that, and you also can't blame Tom Izzo for that because of just the circumstances that the Spartans found themselves in. I guess if there's one – yeah, if I can harp on that for another second, it's just if there's one thing that's very important this year, it's load management per se, not necessarily taking games off, but picking your spots to rest Cassius Winston because it is important to have him at full strength towards the end of the year in March and April when you're making your push. Yeah, things will be interesting on that side of the ball. I think Izzo's going to have a lot to work with, and he's going to have to look at what players he's got. And I think Kentucky will be the first test of that. Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown – Two guys who have to take that next step if Michigan State is going to be this championship team that everyone is looking at. Rocket Watts going to have to take the step. Langford out until January. Once again, will be reevaluated in January, potentially coming back for Michigan State throughout the season. All right. But that's it for our first couple of headlines. Are going over the ex- exhibition. And now it is time to put our money on the table, making some predictions. We're going to see who's right and who's it's wrong. Always, it's always fun. It's fun to look back later and it's you know fun. see how, how how far off I was with some of this stuff, but it's good. It's fun. It's fun. Could be potentially embarrassing. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We have some some viewers, some listeners, yep. so they might tweet at you a little bit, but 
we'll see what happens here. We're going to throw out some things. Uh, so we're going to start first with overall Michigan State's regular season record uh, overall and Big Ten. You know, I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. Go as, for it. It's your guys' first time on the Is Own podcast, so I'll start it out. My regular season record, uh, we're looking overall at 26-5, and 17-3 in the Big Ten. I got losses to Seton Hall, Duke, Illinois at Illinois, and then at Purdue and at Maryland. Um, a season ago, Michigan State only drops one game at home, I believe. Yeah, one game at home, go 15-1 and one at the Breslin Center. I think that continues again this year. Uh, I think the loss comes at Duke just because I think early on Michigan State's going to have a lot of kinks to work out. And for me, I think, like I said, you look at Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown, they got to step up. And I think early on they're still going to try and, and figure out their roles and kind of work between the mind state of, oh, I'm just a sophomore to actually know you're a sophomore who has a lot of responsibility this year. Uh, so I think Duke comes in, and they're, I think they're a little bit angry after last year. Trey Jones still over there, and I think they come for a win in the Breslin Center. Uh, Seton Hall, another game that I think is really early for Michigan State to take on Seton Hall. They're a good team, uh, work well down inside, uh, and I think they'll they'll pick up the win at Seton Hall in that one, or Michigan State will lose. Seton Hall will pick up the win. And then for my Big Ten games, I think Illinois, Purdue, and Maryland all Upper teams for me in the Big Ten, and I think just you look at kind of the schedule that Michigan State will have, usually they drop a couple of games on the road, uh, Purdue's a tough environment, Maryland's a really great team as well this year, and Illinois has always been kind of stymied for Michigan State, always been a team that Michigan State can struggle against, so I think away at Illinois uh, will be a loss. So once again, 26-5, and 17-3 and three in the Big Ten, and Natalie, do you want to start? Yeah. All right. So I have uh, Michigan State going twenty-seven and four this season, eighteen and two in the Big Ten. Um, my first loss comes um, when they play Seton Hall. Um, another loss against Duke at home, loss at Purdue, and a loss at Maryland. Um, you know, along the lines of what you said, Julian, I think um, you know Seton Hall ranked number twelve at the moment. I believe. Um, I think I think that's a challenge, especially since it's an away game um, early on against Duke. I think that's hard to, like you said, as they're working out kind of their their kinks and where people are going to be going. And you know Duke is always a tough contender. That's going to be a huge matchup here at the Breslin Center. Um, loss at Purdue. While they did lose um, Carson Edwards um, and Ryan Klein, I think that um, you know Matt Painter is a great coach, and I think that um, you know he'll still be able to produce a good team. I guess we'll see here at the beginning of the season um, what happens with the Boilermakers. Um, and at Maryland, they're ranked seven at the moment, and they. Um, you know, they're they're tough, too. They um, they are under um, Coach Mark Turgeon, who they think this year will be the best team under him. Um, it says Maryland was one of the five youngest teams in the country last year. So, um, you know, its ceiling as a national contender depends on two things, whether it's now sophomores make the individual leaps necessary um, to improve on a 23-win campaign, and number two, cutting down on a consistent turnover bug. Um, Jalen Smith has the talent to be one of the Big Ten's best players, um, especially with added strength and improved perimeter shooting. So that's kind of my thoughts. There we go. Season. All right, Trent, end us out. Feeling good today. <laughs> Very energetic. 
and I'm a little more slaver than you guys are in general. So I'm going to say 28 and three for the Spartans this season. Right. Um, I'm a big Detroit Lions fan. I don't like to play win loss, but I'm just going to say 18 and two in the conference. Um, the possible losses that you look at are, you know, the the um, the non-conference schedule for the Spartans this year is tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, we're none of us even mentioned the Kentucky game tomorrow. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's one it's and potential. two in the country. It's Kentucky, then it's Seton Hall, then it's Duke. Virginia Tech is no joke either. I know they lost Coach Buzz Williams, but still got some talent on that roster. So uh, Oakland always seems to give Michigan State some troubles. I'm not predicting that by any means, but it's just you know it's a rivalry game, it's an in-state game, whatever. But um. Just looking at the Big Ten, uh, I definitely think, like you said, Julian, at Illinois is always a really tough game just because it's just it's hard to win in that stadium for some reason. I don't know. At Purdue, I feel the same way. Matt, Matt Painter, as you said, Natalie, exceptional coach. Um, I think he's going to do more with less this year. Um, and I have Purdue finishing pretty favorably in the Big Ten this year, actually. And, of course, I'm always going to give Michigan a fighter's chance in a Michigan State rivalry game, um, not necessarily at the Breslin, but maybe in Ann Arbor that might be a tough matchup, tough outing for Michigan State. But overall, you know, of the games I just mentioned, who knows? Um, I'm just going to say 28-3. and I think Tom Izzo has a great coaching season. I think everyone does make the necessary leaps, and I think the Spartans get lucky with injuries for once. Um, or lucky with health, I should say, lack of injuries. And uh, I think the Spartans wind up 18-2 and two in the Big Ten and 28-3 overall. I like it. Taking a gamble. I, I definitely I, I shouldn't say taking a gamble because, like I said, this team is good. There's no ifs, ands, yes. buts about it. This team is good. They have the pieces necessary. But like any other team, the question is whether those pieces will be able to right. come together and execute on the season. So I don't think 28-3 is a far reach. It's not a far gamble. I right. mean, that's one of the, the problems I had is you look at this team and – I don't, there's not that yeah. many holes, so it's right. hard to go and predict. Wins you always and have losses. to be objective, of course, but you know, all three of us have it, them winning at least 26 games this season. So it's going to be a fun year to watch, assuming that everything goes how we say it will, which never happens. But we'll see. True, true. All right, next prediction: What place will Michigan State finish in the Big Ten? Trent, I'm going to start with you. Um, I think Michigan State wins the Big Ten outright and the Big Ten tournament. I just think it's one of those years for time as well. Just like last year? Yes, just like last year. Looking at the Big Ten, uh, there's definitely teams with talent here. I look at Ohio State with the Wesson brothers coming back. I think they're both going to be exceptional. Um, Maryland, obviously, with Jalen Smith, freshman coming in. He's going to be pretty good. Um, And I like Matt Painter, what he's doing with Purdue. Uh, we mentioned Illinois, Michigan, Jawan Howard's first season. You never know. Can't get a read on that. Uh, obviously losing a lot of talent there in Michigan, but uh, it's a good program. So the the Big Ten, I think, is going to be very, very good this year, but I think Michigan State, Ohio State, and Maryland are all going to be at the very top, and I got Michigan State finishing as the champions of the Big Ten. Big time. Natalie? Just like you, Trent, I got Michigan State at number one. You know, we have all the pieces to uh... – to win it. So as long as players stay healthy, I think um, we should finish first in the Big Ten. I have Maryland at number two, um, definitely with Jalen Smith. I think um, they're going to have a strong team. Um, I have Ohio State at number three, again, with the Weston brothers. Um, and number four, you know, Matt Painter, great coach. Um, I think he'll have a great team this year. And I was kind of stuck, too, on my number four because I I had U of M, so I'm kind of stuck between Purdue and U of M. Um, You know, first-year head coaches and Juwan Howard, that's that's always tough, players getting used to different schemes and play calling and all that um, and just the team atmosphere. So that's kind of hard to say. Um, but yeah, so those are my top four with Michigan State winning. I like it. Uh, I'm going to continue uh, the agreements. We're going to reach a consensus that Michigan State uh, will win the Big Ten. I 
like you try to have them outright in the Big Ten and then winning the tournament. I think they'll do the same thing they did last year. Um, some things remain the same, kind of switch some things up. I think mine goes along more with Matt, Natalie for the two and three spots. I really like this Maryland team. Very, They were young last season. They come back with experience, and they still gave Michigan State and other teams in the Big Ten some problems last year. I think they figure some things out. They rounded out as more experienced players. I think Cowan's really good as well. I like him a lot. Uh, so I got Maryland fin- finishing at number two in the conference. Uh, at three, I got Ohio State. I, j- I had just not sold on the Wesson brothers just yet. Um, I do think Andre and Caleb are both really, really tough players. They score well. They're good with the basketball. Uh, my question is whether some of the new pieces they add will be able to take that next step for them. Uh, I think they will play a lot into what Ohio State can be. Um, but I do think the Buckeyes are getting back to where they used to be in those bigger days. Um, and they will make a name for themselves once again in the Big Ten this year, finishing at number three. And then Oh, man, I'm going to regret this later on. I, I really am. At four, uh, I went with Illinois. Um, I am buying the stock. I am buying the hype. Uh, I like Illinois a lot. Last year, they really, really surprised me in uh, in terms of what they can do and the pieces they have all around them. Ayo Desunmu is one of the best players in the Big Ten. I think he finishes somewhere around first team, second team uh, this year. He's so good. Um, I'm going to mess the name up, but Georgie Bez... Bezhanishavili. Uh, Sounds good to me. Some, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if I get that name wrong. But he's he's super talented as well. Those are two guys who I think they will lead this Illinois team out of um, kind of the gutter. I think it's going to be a lot like what Illinois football has been this year. I yep. think Illinois football has had a resurgence. Uh, Lovey Smith has been a big head of that. And I think Brad Underwood and what he's doing with the youth here and the players he has in that program right now, I feel like they're ready to, ready to take the jump. Uh Part of the reason I have them at four is Michigan is a question mark for me. Yep, huge. I, I just Juwan Howard is first season, first year head coach. This could be a struggle, or this could be something great. Yep. Um, and there's no in between for me. Uh, Xavier Smith Simpson is gonna be back. Obviously, he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, easily one of the best guards in the Big Ten in the nation, I think. Um, but the pieces around him, we gotta figure it out. Uh, Isaiah Livers is great but he wasn't anything special a season ago. I think in terms of someone who is a playmaker, get you a bucket, move around with the basketball. Um, So we'll see kind of where Michigan goes, Purdue. A lot of scoring out of Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein is gone. Uh, I think Matt Painter is a great coach, but they have a lot to figure out. Nojo Eastern is going to have to turn himself into that scorer guy. He's obviously talented defensively, but has to pick it up offensively. So for me, three teams you kind of got to take a gamble on and take a risk for, and I'm just going to choose Illinois. I'm going to roll the dice. All right. And go with Illinois. I so. like it. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. I really hope I don't regret it. No, this. I think that's a good pick in all honesty because what Brad Underwood's doing there, he's gotten his guys to buy in. And Illinois, like you said, they're kind of on a quest for just respect uh, nationwide. So that's always easy to play from that underdog mentality, and some people prefer that. So, I, yeah, Illinois, not a bad pick at all. He also rocks the orange suit jacket, which I am a huge Yeah, fan that's of. fire. <laughs> so fire. Fire. So fire. Izzo should rock a green one sometime. Uh, More. Excuse me. Not sometime. More often. But, yeah, we're going to go with Illinois at four. Next one, what seed will Michigan State get in the NCAA tournament? Um, 
This one, I think, is pretty simple. I think we have all have a consensus, nothing crazy, but Michigan State should get a one seed in the tournament. I think, as Trent said, we all kind of have them losing at max five games over the course of the regular season. Um, they have the talent to do it. They have the pieces to do it. They have the veteran experience and knowledge to do it. Um, yeah, I see nothing outside of a one seed for Michigan State. Uh, I can't I can't disagree with you. Uh, a lot of the losses that we just went through, too, uh, in our predictions are early in the season, so that always helps. I think Michigan State's going to be in prime vintage March form, and they're going to take home a one seed. Yeah, and yeah, I think we're just going to wrap that up there, the consensus of a one seed. So our next one kind of sticking along the same line of tournament futures. How far will Michigan State go in the NCAA tournament? And uh, to me, this season is championship or bust. Um, I think... Izzo, you could argue, has had better teams. I think you could say, I think 2015, that kind of era team was better. Um, but I think this season, it's championship or bust. Went to a Final Four last year. Not a lot of people thought they were going to go to a Final Four a season ago. And now you pretty much have the same team, and you add guys like Rocket Watts, guys like Malik Hall and Julius Marble. And there should be no question, I think, a cutting down of the Nets. Uh, the question is, is can they avoid the curse and can they remain healthy? I don't. I think it's. I forget what this exact stat is, uh, but a number one team hasn't cut down the nets um, in a long time. I have to look up the actual stat for it because I'm I'm blanking on it now. Oh, here we go. Every preseason number one since 2010 has failed to go wire to wire to win the national title. Yep. Um, and so they're gonna have to break the curse. They're gonna have to remain healthy. Winston suffered some hamstring issues. I think towards the beginning of this season and a little bit last year with some knee tendonitis as well. Can he stay healthy? Can he be there? Kyle Arns has dealt with injuries his entire career, pretty much. Can he stay on the floor? Can he remain a piece for Michigan State? Um, so some question marks for this team, but I think paper wise, championship is on the table for Michigan State. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think the pieces are in play to win it all, especially if Lankford is to return. That is a very big question mark. Um, and I think, obviously, um, I, I my prediction made it pretty clear. I've got the Spartans winning a lot of games with or without Lankford, but him coming back would be a luxury. Um, and I think I think the Spartans do win the national title this year. I don't want to go too far in depth because we got to see something first, but um, the, the pieces are in play. You look at uh, the last time Michigan State did win the championship, it was in 2000 led by a senior point guard, Mateen Cleaves, the year after losing the Final Four. And that's the formula you have this year should Cassius Winston stay healthy. So I definitely think that Tom Izzo, this is the year that he gets that elusive second championship. I think the Spartans pull it off. Yeah, and keeping it simple, as long as players stay healthy and they don't let the national pressure get to them, because I know that can get a big, that can become a big issue. The mentality is almost more than the physicality of the players, Like especially when you're getting close to March. I think it's easy to let all of the national media outlets and the spotlight kind of get to you. Um, I think we can we can all agree with that. We've all played sports. We can understand how big the mental part of sports is. So I think if they can stay healthy and hopefully Langford comes back, there's no reason that they can't win. Yeah, mental. Mental is going to be a big part of it. That's why I didn't last long in sports. Did not have the mental fortitude. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. No man, you I want was, to tell everyone about your chase down blog? I was horrible. Oh, do I have to tell it on here too? Tell everyone on here right oh, now. Oh my goodness. Okay, I I am circle old school Hoosier gym, so I was on my Hoosier vibes. I was really out here. Um, guy neon arm sleeve headband plan. I am. He's out on the fast break all alone. You know, I'm like I'm gonna put in the hustle. I'm gonna run down here. So I'm chasing him down, LeBron esque. I fly in the air, probably jumped as high as Nate Robinson in his heyday. And I, <laughs> 
smack his layup right out of the sky. I thought it was going in, but I blocked it. Heard the call in my head. It was blocked by Mitchell from behind. Heard yep. Mike Brain saying it and to. all. It was wonderful. I did fall on my shoulder, though, and we have not been good since. Uh, that's it's that's a toughie. You know, a toughie. these old bones just don't do it anymore. We're, we're not as young as we used to be, are we? I cannot we? recover. It, it's kind of funny because we're starting to enter that stage of our lives, and it's a little disappointing. But. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been riding that confidence wave for, yeah, no, that's awesome. for a couple of days now. Probably won't stop till like the end of the year blocked so, by mitchell blocked by mitchell blocked by mitchell uh but our, our next one we've been speaking about all the talent on this michigan state team and so you got to look at players leaving early for the nba draft uh to me i'll start out and i say i think aaron henry has the potential to do it and especially at the rate that he's been um evolving and get becoming more skilled i think it's a guy who you can see he could if he performs well this year could move on to the draft. I think Winston Tillman, they both leave. Uh, I think you like the way Tillman plays. You'd like to see him maybe step out a little bit more. But I think his ability to be versatile and switch on so many different players is pivotal to his NBA career. Um, and then Cassius. Cash is going to be iffy. He's the guy who I think will get drafted based on his stats and the way he's played. The question is how productive he's going to be in the NBA level. But, you know, I think kind of a backup point guard or point guard like him who – plays at his own pace, doesn't force anything, is always good in uh, the National Basketball Association. Yep, um, I'm going to agree. I think Cassius gets drafted. I think his ceiling in the NBA is a backup point guard with a DJ Augustine, maybe a Fred Van Vliet type Ooh, of role. I, like I think he could, he could really compete on a, on a good team. Uh, so that's that's going to be interesting to watch. And obviously we're all rooting for that to happen because Cassius is a great guy. Um, Aaron Henry, just based on potential, like I said, that's what people draft on these days. You know, you look at DeAndre Hunters and uh, – the R.J. Barretts of the world. Uh, that's just a lot of it's. It's a lot of what ifs, and uh, obviously that can go one way or it can go the other way. Deontay Davis, Michigan State, you know, never really, yep. <laughs> never really panned out in the NBA, but he was drafted based on his potential. So that to me is something to look at. Aaron Henry could be heading out, and I think uh, Xavier Tillman would be crazy not to, assuming he has a pretty good. Uh, year this year just because yeah. he, he is like you said Julian he could step out even more but he is learning how to shoot going two for four from three in the Albion scrimmage it's going to be fun to watch him shoot some threes this year and one more note about Tillman he is 6'8 245 that is about five pounds lighter than LeBron James that, I mean the, the, we 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 act like you know because in college the game's a little different you know your your bigs aren't as big so you know X plays the center position so we just assume that he's a skyscraper but he's very very athletic He's got a low center of gravity. He's going to be a very good player. And I think if he has a nice season this year, he'd be crazy not to declare for the draft. Have you seen his transformation pictures from when he came yes. into Michigan State and yep. now? I mean, this is – it's like you ever seen those pictures of like an actor who's going out to play a superhero role they and they just weight. get strangely jacked? Yep. Like that is Xavier Tillman. Like over the course of his years here, he has become an absolute beast. I think, yeah, looking at it now, summer 2017, he's 272 pounds. Uh, looks like his bench says is like eight. He could do eight reps. Um, fall 2017, he's up to two, down to 258. Uh, can do 15 on the bench in 2018, 245, 20 on the bench, 14 chin ups. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He's really transformed himself into an NBA type player. So I, I do think he'll end up be, be uh, leaving Michigan State. It's crazy, Natalie. Yeah, I agree with you on the on the same topic of Tillman. He's definitely shown that he has the physicality to be an NBA type player. Um, we could see in the Albion game that you know he has improved on his shooting and he can shoot. So that's something exciting to look at this season as well. Um, and then I also have Cassius Winston. Um, you know he's he's just a tough 
guy. He's a hustler. I think, like you guys said, backup point guard. I think, um, you know, he has the ability to, um, you know, have a great season this year. He's like the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, or yeah, is that the yeah, yeah. that right? Yeah. So, um, I think he has the potential to have a great season. Same with uh, Tillman, and I think those two guys, um, yeah, could go to the NBA for sure. Now, the the question I have because I thought about putting him down. Does anybody have Rocket Watts being one of those guys? I think I think I look at Rocket and I just don't know if this is necessarily going to be a big season for him just because of the pieces around him. Yep. I think if he's a guy who's at like a Duke or something like that, he'll show out a little bit more. While I think Izzo will kind of have him a little bit more reserved. But he has the talent too. So I don't know if anybody has a, a similar thought like that or if I'm just crazy. But He's got the talent. He's got the ceiling for sure. Because especially if you look at how the NBA is built these days, it's all about dynamic guards. That's what wins. Um, so I, I definitely think it's going to depend on if he shows some growth from the three-point line, but also just you know taking on this leadership role, even as a freshman, it would be uh, very good for his draft stock if he were to leave. But he has the talent to do it. Right. I think it might be a little bit too early to tell right now, but I guess we'll just have to see um, how he plays come, you know, regular season and see how he does. Well, there we go. That's our predictions. Predictions for the year. Now we're going to move on to our Impact Izone Awards watch list. Uh, kick it off first with the leading scorer on the team this season. Uh, for me, I think it's no question Cassius Winston will lead the team in scoring. Yep. I, yep. I, the, I think that's unanimous. Unanimous. This team's going to run with him. They run by him, and whatever happens, it's going to be do or die from Cassius Winston. Uh, my second pick, and I think this is also a consensus as well, is Xavier Tillman. Um, obviously, I think him and Cassius Winston, their pick-and-roll ability, the way those two play off each other, is going to be what drives Michigan State. Every other player will kind of have to work off of that and be supplementary to their initial ball screen actions um so yeah for me Xavier Tillman takes it um I don't know if anybody else slots in after that I don't know if anybody has any other guys to look out for but uh yeah I just said Aaron Henry just in case you know because you, you never know this guy can make a huge jump I see him being sort of a Gary Harris type player from 2014 with Tom Izzo. so uh, Aaron Henry is definitely going to be a big part of the offense, regardless of if he makes his shots or not. He's going to keep getting looks, and he's going to keep he's going to keep running. He's very athletic, so uh, he'll be a good running mate for Cassius, especially with Josh Langford out. I know we keep harping on that, but it is something someone's got. Yep, it is big, and I think Aaron Henry will maybe get those shots that Josh got last year. Yeah, I, I definitely like that pick. I think Henry is one of the guys who you're going to look at and you say he he's taking that next, that next step. And so he could be a guy who takes that spot. Uh, moving on to leading rebounder, Trent, I'll start you off with this one. Um, I definitely like uh, Xavier Tillman for this one just because I, I think I think Thomas Kith here, we already kind of mentioned it, starting at the four, that's going to allow Xavier Tillman to focus a little bit more on offense. But I still think that Tillman, the, the frame he's got, he's a beast. Uh, he's going to play a lot. He's going to, you know, obviously he's, the paint is going to go through him. So I think he's going to average somewhere between 10 to 12 rebounds a game, and I think he's going to average a double-double this year. So for that reason, I got X leading the team in uh, rebounds. Yep, and I had Tillman as well for all the same reasons that you just named. I just think um, his physicality um, is huge. He's definitely gotten stronger, and I think he's yeah he's going to do really well this season. All right, as the great Two Chains once said, I'm different, and <laughs> I went with uh, Thomas Kithier on this one. I just think Kithier, what's the what's the word the scouts always use? He has a nose for the basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. And I think he's going to find a way to be the leading rebounder. I think a season ago. 
Uh, a lot of people would have been surprised if you looked at the roster and you said Kenny Goins was the leading rebounder and actually one of the more leading, one of the top rebounders in the Big Ten. I think Kithier fills that role and allows uh, Tillman to be more of a, of a unit on the offensive end. He kind of clean the glass on the other side. So I'm going to go with Kithier. I think he's sneakily, that's, that's going to be his role for the team this year is be the rebounder, be the guy cleaning up in the glass. Uh, largest, largest improvement in points per game. Natalie, kick us off. I have Aaron Henry. I think he's he's going to do big things this year. Um, Izzo mentioned that his spring, summer, and fall um, were off the charts as far as his work ethic. Um, you know, he's still got to get better with his shot, a little bit better with offensive rebounding. Um, but, you know, Izzo said he's given me everything he's got, and what more can you ask for from, from a player? Um, you know, I think he's more confident in what he's doing and where he's headed, and he's surrounded by – um, a veteran team from last year and you know in Tillman and Cassius so I think um, he'll make some big contributions and I think um, he's worked on you know his fitness and his ball handling and I think we're going to see that from him this year. Um, I've got Thomas Kithier for a lot of the reasons that you said about rebounding Julian he's going to be on the floor that's going to be his role mm-hmm. um, offensive boards and putbacks he's going to get to the foul line I think a decent amount and just playing playing those minutes at the four, uh, Kithier is a guy who only averaged 1.6 points per game last season. It almost seems as if he's getting at least you know 15 minutes a game. That's going to go up to at least you know six or seven. So another guy I would look at just just uh, to be objective is Marcus Bingham. He averaged one point exactly per game last season, and he's another guy who might get more minutes at the four, maybe some minutes at the five. Uh, but he's a great shooter, so that's something to look at as well. If his if his minutes climb, uh, he could definitely improve his scoring quite a bit this year as well. I like that pick. I like that pick. And I went with Gabe Brown. Um, 2.3 points a game last season. Uh, and a lot of it has been talked about but also not talked about, about Brown and his transformation as well. Uh, it's been said that he's put on some weight and has gotten stronger and looked bigger over the course of the offseason. Um, and I think that's all going to translate to his game. I think this is a guy who he's ready to take that next step. One thing I really I think I liked a lot, I liked about him a lot last season was his ability to shoot the basketball and I think looking at and as you said Trent it's going to be a nationwide issue but um, it's kind of been an issue for Michigan State in terms of having a lot of wing guys who can shoot the three and I like Gabe Brown to be one of those guys who helps stretch the floor knocks down timely threes so I expect him to take a bit of a jump from his 2.3 points a game last season Um, so yeah I like him to take the largest improvement in that area going along along that same sentiment breakout player for the year Trent I'll start with you I've got Rocket Watts. Uh, we already talked about it, and again, I'm going to say it again. Uh, Josh Langford's absence opens up minutes. It opens up holes. Rocket Watts, we already know, starting tomorrow against Kentucky. That's going to be big, and I just think that he's a guy who steps up. He's very athletic. He's very sound with the basketball, and I think him playing off of Cassius in particular, there's going to be very low pressure on Rocket Watts, and I think he's going to thrive in that role, and he's going to have a very, very good season, I think he's going to surprise some people. Yeah, I agree. I think um... – yeah, Rocket Watts, I think he will be the breakout player this year. I think um, we could sort of see um, his abilities against Albion. It was a rocky sort of game where players were kind of getting their feet wet, but I think, uh, you know, he's fast. He was a great high school player, and I think um, he's got the talent. I think he's just got to be confident in what he's doing, even though he's a freshman, and um, just kind of get his feet under him, and I think we'll be able to see that. Um, in the next few games, what he can really do. All right, and for me, I'm going different again. I'm going to go with Thomas Kithier. I'm riding the train. Um, I think this is a guy who can really be 
a little bit better version of a Matt Costello. I think he can have a big role in this team. He's going to get a lot more minutes this year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so I like to see him be a guy that this team is going to lean on a little bit as far as rebounding, knocking down timely shots, and kind of being in all around the most one of the more consistent players for this uh, initial starting rotation. So for me, I'm going to go with Kithier. He's going to surprise a lot of people. So I think a lot of people are are down on him and looking at him as he is the probably the the least athletic, the least looking basketball guy out there on the floor, but I think he goes out and plays pretty well. He is an Izzo guy. He is an it That is for sure an Izzo guy. Um, sixth man of the year for me, I went with Kyle Lawrence. I look... I think I look at Arns when he comes back, and I think some people will say he will probably take the starting position from Rocket. But I think, and it's one thing, he also said to Izzo, and Izzo told us in a press conference that Arns came up to him and said, hey, even if I come back, start Rocket, just because he thinks he can have a better role on the bench. And I agree with that. I think this one thing for Michigan State, if you look at their bench lineup, it's a lot, again, a lot of question marks, a lot of guys who are just going to have to be better. And I think Arns is one of those who you're going to need production. And he is probably the most consistent, the biggest answer as a guy who can give you production coming off the bench and a guy that you you can really trust. Uh, so I like Arns coming off the bench. I think he'll be one of the better six men in the country. Um, so I think I like that for this team and for this lineup. I do also kind of have Gabe Brown sliding in there depending on Kind of where Brown will sit in the rotation. I said he's going to be, uh, you know, a guy with a large improvement in points per game. So very much possible he can be that six-man guy. Yeah, it's tough with these kind of questions because you're not exactly sure how the rotation is going to play out for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, it could fluctuate tremendously. Uh, Xavier yeah. Tillman won Big Ten six-man of the year last year and was starting in almost every game. I think he started every game in the double NCAA tournament. Yeah, so. I think it's like the last 14 games yeah. or something like that so he started. Like, even then, he was hardly a sixth man towards the end of the season. Yeah, so, he started last 14. Um, I've got Gabe Brown as my as my pick just because I do think Rocket Watts will continue to start. Uh, Thomas Kithier will continue to start. But, Julian, you kind of convinced me I might audible to Kyle Ahrens just because I think if he stays healthy, he's very committed. Uh, I think he's motivated. It's his senior season. He's going to have a very good year shooting the ball. Um, and in transition, he's very athletic, very sneaky athletic, underrated. So I think um, I'm, I'm just going to close my eyes and say Kyle Lawrence. Here we go. And I had Gabe Brown. Um, you know, his actual role on the court last season was limited. He averaged 7.9 minutes and 2.3 points per game. Um, you know, but with McQuaid gone, Goins gone, as well as Nick Ward, I think he's going to be a key reserve for the Spartans this season. Um, I think he's in a different place mentally. I know he sort of struggled with um, the mental part of the game last season a little bit, but we could see in pictures, just like Tillman, he has put on more weight. Um, he changed his diet. He worked out a ton this summer, and I think um, he's going to be he's going to be a good sixth man this year. I like the picks there. Last one to round out our Impact Is Own Award watch list, freshman of the year. I went with a guy who has has grown to be one of one of my favorites so far to cover this year. He's been a guy who. Uh, was pretty good and pretty open at media day, but it's Malik Hall. I like, uh, as Natalie said earlier, his frame. He's a guy who has a body that's ready to play. I like his ability to step out and shoot the three a little bit, to be a guy who's in there down low. And I think without Hauser this year, I think you look at that four spot, and that's a spot that Michigan State's going to have to fill and going to have to work with. Um, and I think Izzo is a guy who has not necessarily been the one to elect to go small all the time. And so I think if he gets some quality production out of Malik Hall, that's a guy that he could run with uh, for a good portion of the season. Again, Malik Hall, a guy who can step out and shoot 49% from the field in high school, 44% from beyond the arc. So I think that's a guy you can see getting some valuable minutes for Tom Izzo. 
Yeah, not a bad pick at all. I agree with everything you said. I'm just going to say Rocket Watts simply because he is getting the starts early on, and I think he's going to take advantage of this opportunity. Yep, I agree. Rocket Watts, I think he's physically ready to play at this level. Um, You know, he suffered a strained Achilles injury a few weeks ago, but his physicality as well allowed him to kind of bounce back from that. So I think he's ready, um, 185 pounds. I think he's just got the build. And, um, you know, if he just keeps the mentality part of it up, I think think he'll do well. There we go. That rounds out the Impact Is Own Awards watch list. I think that was pretty good. That was solid. It's good for the first (laughs) time. Everybody did well. We'll Everybody see like how well Everybody we actually happy? do. But we yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Some excitement out of this. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, there we go. It's a <laughs> great day. Go. I'm telling you, it's a great day. It's a great day. Yeah. It's a great oh, day. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to round out the show here with a Kentucky preview. As I said a little bit earlier, Champions Classic in New York City. Spreading the news, 9.30 p.m. Uh, is tip-off for that game, the second uh, on the night there. Once again, Joe Dandron and I will be live calling the game on the radio Impact 88.9 FM if you're in the Lansing area. Be sure to tune in. Um, if you care about it, you probably don't, but it's being broadcasted on ESPN just in case you want to be like that. But on the radio, Joe Dandron and I with the call. Uh, preseason number one in Michigan State taking on the preseason number two in the Wildcats. Um, quick look at Kentucky and what they're coming in with. Lost probably their best player a season ago in P.J. Washington. They also will miss Tyler Hero, who is playing for the Miami Heat now. has been in a, a starring role for the Miami Heat in the NBA um, and so missing two of those guys. They returned some notable players in Ashton Hagens, a SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, also look at guys like Nick Richards, Emmanuel Quigley, and EJ Montgomery, who all, I believe all of them declared for the NBA draft but decided to return to school. So coming back for uh, John Calipari and his Kentucky Wildcats, uh, some freshmen because Kentucky always has a loaded freshman class led by Tyrese Maxey, who is a star guard for the Wildcats, along with other freshmen like Johnny Zuzang and a few others. For Michigan State, as we kind of said a little bit, Izzo has confirmed that Rocket Watts will be starting uh, at the two spot for Michigan State. Kyle Lawrence still questionable with an ankle injury that I believe he suffered in the uh, scrimmage against Gonzaga. Uh, ankles have been an issue for Kyle Arms, but looking like he'll be all right and just questionable so far for the game. Um, should be a pretty good one. Like I said, number one versus number two, always great to start off the year um, with those two teams playing. It should be a pretty good one. Kentucky plays a very big defensive style uh, type of game, a lot of long, lengthy guards. I think like I said, you look at Ashton Hagens, who was SEC uh, all-defensive team and all-defensive player, a co-defensive player of the year. That's usually the type of guard that Cassius Winston will struggle against, so we'll see how he operates around that. Uh, but should be an interesting first game for Michigan State. Yeah, Julian, I kind of told you on the Green and White Report, I think this is a game where you just, you know, obviously you want to manage Cassius Winston's minutes maybe later in the season, but this is game one, man. Just roll it out and let Cassius go win you the game. Uh, he's going to be the best player on the floor. Xavier Tillman very well might be the second best player on the floor. I think the Spartans win a close game. Uh, we'll get into predictions later. But this is two offenses going at it. It's going to be very fun to watch. It's going to hook a lot of uh, basketball purists around the nation. College basketball's back, one and two going at it on night one. How awesome is that? Um, but, again, I just think this is a game where Cassius Winston's going to be ready to roll. I think he has a breakout game. Um, going to turn some heads even though he turned plenty of heads last season. But um, – I think Cassius plays absolutely flawless, and the Spartans win. There you go. Yeah, this is a big one-versus-two game. I mean, it's hard, like we talked about earlier, having this um, as the first game of the season for the Spartans. I think, Julian, you mentioned that Izzo kind of said – 
you know, he doesn't prefer this to be the first game as it, you know, he wishes um, his team had a few games to get their feet under them. But I agree with you guys. I think Cassius is going to have a great game. I think players just, they need to score. They need to get um, any negative mentalities out of their head and just focus on what they need to do, do your part. And I think... Um, the Spartans could pull it off if all of those things fall in place. It will be a big game. Michigan State taking on Kentucky. You look at kind of what the two teams have faced each other over the time. 13-11 and 11 all-time uh, Michigan State-Kentucky in that record. All-time Calipari is 2-1 and one versus Michigan State, and they are 1-1 one and one against each other in the Champions Classic. So one team looking to come away victorious and take that 2-1 lead in the Champions Classic. And as Trent said, we'll move into predictions. This is always my... I hate this part because yeah, I'm never it, good at score predictions. Especially college basketball. It's tough. You never know what you're going to get because these games are obviously lower scoring than NBA games with the eight minutes less in the game. But um, these are two great offenses. But the Spartans are also a very polished defense. Uh, we know Tom is a very defensive sound coach, um, as we well know. I think the Spartans win a close game, but I think the the score might be not as close as the game itself may be I've got a Spartans win 73 to 68 I like that Natalie I think it's going to be a close game as well back and forth I have Michigan State winning 77 to 74 but could easily go the other way um you know I think they could win by a three point but we'll see I don't know I think it's going to be one of those games that comes down to the very end I don't know that's this just kind of the vibe that that would be awesome I like it I like the scores I went a little bit higher yeah, I don't know about it. I went a little bit higher. I think Michigan State has a has a it's gonna be a obviously a good high octane offense. I think they're gonna figure it out. Winston and Tillman are gonna come out pretty well in this one. I think they win eighty six to seventy eight. Might be a little bit higher, uh, but yeah, that's gonna be my prediction for this game. Michigan State coming out with the victory. We all three of us have Michigan State coming away with the win. So if things come out, Michigan State will start the season at one and zero. Either way, will be a great game in New York City, the Garden. Is where this one's going to take place. Once again, 9.30 p.m. tip. Joe Dandrin and I on the call, Impact 88.9 FM. Trent Bally there getting you all your written content and action. So be sure to follow him on Twitter. Trent, what's what's the handle? TBAL91. TBAL91. There we go. TBAL91. Be sure to follow him uh, so you can keep track of the action while we're in New York. We'll have some good stuff for you out there in New York City. But that's going to round out the podcast. Season 7. Episode one. Ready to go, baby. Was it good? It was fun. Natalie, it was yeah. your first time. How I was know. it? I know. It was good. I think it was good. I think I yeah. think yeah. the three of us are a good team. So Yeah. It's gonna be there fun. We go. I hope year. we are, because this is gonna ahead. be the entire year. So. I know. I hope so too. Yeah, I can't stand you guys. <laughs> Already. Just Already. Just yeah. It's gonna be great. But yeah, another good episode. Season seven, episode one of Impact Izone is in the books. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back post game after Michigan State takes on Kentucky in New York City Tuesday, 9 30 tip off. Season seven, episode one is over. We'll see you all next time.